What a perfect song, you know, because whatever the outcome of this little vote that we've taken, this moment of, of uh, voting in the middle of our worship, number one, we're still at worship. And secondly, they'll know we're Christians, not by the denomination we choose, but by our love. So let it be so, right? Let it be so. That's what amen means. We are going to be known in this community for our Christian love and discipleship. That's more important than anything else we've done so far. I know this has been a tough journey, and I know no better people to point to as uh, exhausted sojourners than our leadership team. They have done such a remarkably good job. I'm very proud of them. You don't know how many hours they've put in. They've you know, when, when you sign up to be part of the leadership team, you have, uh, and we have an opening, by the way, if you'd like to apply, you're more than welcome to see us about it. But if, when, you, when you agree to be on the leadership team, usually what you're going to do is read things throughout the week and month and then meet once a month for an hour or two. But they've been meeting once a week, sometimes twice a week. They've been meeting for long periods of time. They've worked hard. And they've really done the role of leadership incredibly well. And I want to thank them for that publicly. And uh, I hope you will thank them too. It's, it's tough. And, and uh, they've heard a lot of hard things. And they've heard a lot of encouraging things. And they've handled it all really well. And they're your brothers and sisters in Christ here in the Shiloh family. So uh, show them your appreciation when you get the chance. Now, we'll announce that uh, vote here in a minute, but we're going to take a look at Scripture and, and uh, continue to worship in the meantime. Uh, I want to read you some passages from John chapter 4. And, uh, you know, I failed to look up the page number in your pew Bible, so when somebody finds it, yell it out for everybody else's benefit. John chapter 4. Ten fifty six one zero five six ten fifty six. Thank you want to just take a look at that. We're going to start talking about a general theme here uh, for from now till the beginning of Advent that I'm calling drinking from a deeper well. And I think you're going to notice some changes in the preaching starting next week. Uh, I'm sorry, probably won't get any better than this. <laughs> but it'll be different. <laughs> Um, I really have heard a lot of positive feedback about what I call expository preaching or just reading scripture and talking to you about what it says. So I think I'm going to do a lot more of that. But there is an overarching theme, too, and that is this drinking from a deeper well. And what better passage than the story of the woman at the well to start with? So let's look at what it says first. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, and near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from this journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. 
And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, there is this promise of expository preaching, but that's not really what we'll do today. But next week, next week, you've been thinking for all summer, when is this over? When is it over? Have I not mentioned to you at times over the last several months, really the last two or three years, that we've been in a time of wilderness wandering like the Exodus Israelites? Hasn't it been like that pretty much since the beginning of 2020? We have been set out into the wilderness and we've been shaped and formed and conditioned by the wilderness experience. We really have. It's been just like that in so many ways. And yes, we've had people who have been uh, angry with us about the choices we make and the leadership that we follow, and they've left. There have been people who just faded away, like so many generations that died off during the wilderness wanderings. There are people who went back to, is, uh, to Egypt, like in the wandering of the Exodus Jews. And I don't mean to portray anyone in particular that way, but just look at the big picture and don't you see that we have lived this experience of the last couple of years as a Christian family, much like the Israelites did as they wandered in the wilderness looking for the promised land. Now, I'm not bold enough to tell you that there's a promised land that we're going into next. I can only tell you that we have God's promises and this passage that we just yet read to assure us that if we keep drinking from the deeper well, we will move towards eternal life and a life fulfilling in every way that we can imagine and even more than we can imagine because of this choice to drink from the deeper well. That is God's grace, salvation, and his spirit transforming our lives. And so the promised land does involve leaving a few hardships behind, and so we can be thankful for that. You are about to finish the last step of a difficult process that we've endured this summer, but you're only beginning the next phase of a bigger and more exciting journey than anything you've been on in a long time. I am really stoked about where we're going next in the life of this church and this Christian family. I have a, I have a plan that I've been working on, a, a vision document that I've been working on for weeks that you're going to receive next week. And uh, yeah, don't panic, it's 50 pages. <laughs> it's historical and it is uh, also about the future and 
and there's a vision. I want you to know we're going to hit the ground running next week. We're going to hit the ground running tomorrow in many respects, regardless of how this vote turns out. So I don't know what we're going to do as far as our relationship with the Global Methodist Church yet, but I do know this. Either way, we're hitting the ground running tomorrow because we have a place to go and it's fulfilling God's promise. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to deep, drink that. Yeah, we're going to drink deeply from the deeper well. It's a it's a water that is is the water Jesus spoke to this woman about, the water of eternal life. It's a vision for us as a Christian family being more than people who come back thirsty every week. It's a vision for coming back fulfilled and maturing in faith, what we call sanctification in our Wesleyan tradition. And yes, we're going to continue to be Methodists, whatever happens after this vote today. We're going to keep doing church in the Methodist way, the Wesleyan way. We're going to be Christians above all else, but practicing and speaking in terms that become familiar to us because of our heritage. And so we'll keep doing that. Sunday next week will feel like Sunday last week or the week before. And so you don't need to worry about that. Trust me. Church will continue to be what you have known it to be, but there's something I really hope and pray will change. Something I really hope and pray will become so noticeable a year from now that some of us will shake our heads and wonder at what the Lord has done. And what that is, is that we will see new believers baptized regularly. We will see professions of faith regularly. We will see people in our midst filling the empty spaces who will be young enough to outlast us older folks. We'll see children. We'll see teenagers. We'll see broken people. We'll see people who thought that they were separated from God and Christianity because they were ignorant of what Christianity is really all about, which is God's unbelievable grace and incredible mercy, which is extended to everybody. We will be people who are drinking from a deeper well and they'll see a vitality in us and in our spirits that makes them thirsty for the water that we've been drinking. Okay, that's where we go from here. We go there not just as uh, the people we've always been, but as a revived and renewed, reinvigorated people. Reinvigorated because we came through the hardships. We stood firm on what we believed was right and true. And we have the courage of our conviction to draw on as we courageously go into the mission field that is our community. So next week there's going to be uh, a new advertising campaign we've been working on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Where you're going to see Shiloh communicating who we are to the community so that nobody else would seek to define us. Let us define who we are. And we'll focus on three basic things. We'll focus on the Bible as the source code for everything else we do. We'll focus on family. And by that we mean traditional families, non-traditional families, the Christian family, the family of the Jasper and Ireland and greater uh, Du Bois County family, that whole family that makes us a community together. 
There are hints that our nation may experience some hardship coming down the pipeline over the next uh, years, months, and so forth. And it just looks like this is the the new normal, as they say. I think our, our lives are going to be shaken periodically from here on, at least for most of us. And so whatever that means, the one thing I know for sure is, is we'll never need the family of God more. We'll never need to be an open, welcoming family than we will need during the hard times. What have we learned over these last couple of years? We need each other. We need each other. And there are people in this community who need something. They've just been conditioned to think that you can't get it at church. And so we will have to be bold and courageous in finding them and communicating God's love to them. Inviting them into the family of God. And it will be a faith journey. We'll use the dreaded word evangelism, but only in-house. And we'll use that to describe our intentional, God-given responsibility, Christ's mandate to share the good news with everybody who wants to hear it. And we will earn the privilege of sharing that good news with them by making their lives better, by enriching them. And that means the third part of our advertising campaign is that we're all about community. So we're going to be all about the Bible, we're going to be all about family, and we're going to be all about community. And by the way, that is the message that we communicated clearly when we hired a new director for our preschool. And the preschool director has embraced that same vision for the preschool because that is, after all, one of the ways that we create a biblical family and community-oriented outreach to this community. And so understand that across the board, that's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on the Bible, on family, and on community. And we'll do all of that with our underpinnings of Methodism, and we'll do that regardless of the outcome of the vote. So with that being said, let us plan starting tomorrow to drink from the deeper well. What can you do with me to say to the Lord, I feel like I'm part of something remarkable that you've been doing in this church family, in this place we call Shiloh. And I want to be part of what you do next. I want to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. And we know from reading our Bibles all the way through in 90 days that it didn't get prettier necessarily when they crossed into the Jordan. It just got more interesting <laughs> and less monotonous. And when they were faithful, God brought down the walls of a mighty city. And when they were unfaithful, they had to learn their lessons. And so we probably will too. But let's go together and remember these words that Joshua said before they crossed into the promised land. Choose today who you will serve. The false gods of the past, the false gods of the pagans, or the one true God who saves us, whose plan is to restore us to Eden, to a personal living relationship with him for all eternity. You choose today, but as for me and my house, I will follow the Lord. Amen.